1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: I'm sure Jacob is sweating now. <laughs> so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, Look at verse 22 the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Now, this is actually one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. It has been used for thousands of years. ...to describe confusion or suspicion when a person is suspicious. Deception only breeds more deception.
1: In Genesis, as you hear the story of Isaac's wife and his sons, Jacob and Esau, Pastor Dan's going to show you the havoc that deceit wreaked on their family. When God isn't the priority, Satan creeps in and tries to even further separate you from God. Today, you'll see how the people near you can even influence your own decisions and good judgment... The important thing to remember is that God needs to always be first and the basis of every decision you make. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: So verse five. Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. Verse six. So Rebecca spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, bring me game and make savory food for me that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. She knows that this is the patriarchal blessing. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you instead before his death. Now, note with me here. This was Rebecca's idea not Jacob's. Again, throughout church history, sadly, Jacob is portrayed in commentaries and pulpits as the deceiver in this chapter. That's not an accurate description of Jacob. It was Rebecca, Rebecca's idea to deceive her husband, and she dragged her son Jacob into the middle of it. And sadly, many parents dragged their children into the middle of their disagreements. And use their children against the other parent. And that can be so unhealthy and destructive to a family, as we see with this family. Now, deceiving Isaac wasn't Rebecca's only choice. You know, Rebecca had this promise from God. God had revealed to her that Jacob was the son of promise, that Jacob was the son that God chose. You know, Rebecca could have just trusted God's word. That's one thing she could have done is is just believe God's promises and that God will honor his word. Or she could have gone directly to her husband and talked to him about what he was doing. I know that's a crazy idea to actually just communicate with your spouse, but she could have done that and just left Jacob, left the child, out of this thing, you know, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary yesterday. It uh, was our 22nd wedding anniversary. And when we were newlyweds, we had only been married about six months, we took this marriage class at the church we attended. And the instructor, in one of the sessions, the instructor said something that has stuck with us throughout our whole marriage. He said, say it and say it straight. In your marriage, don't beat around the bush. Don't, you know, have like a double meaning, you know, express what you really think, express what you really feel kind of thing. Say it and say it straight. And we still remember that to this day and we still say that to each other. Say it and say it straight. You know, Rebecca could say it and say it straight to her husband Isaac. She could do that. She could go to her husband and, you know, lovingly confront him about what he's doing here this whole thing. She could have prayed, right? She could have just committed to praying for her husband and committed the matter to the Lord. She could have got some of her friends from church to commit to praying and fasting for her husband and what he's doing and intercede for her husband in prayer. Any one of these things would have been healthier than deceiving her husband and bringing her kid into the middle of that deception. But instead, Rebecca felt like she needed to use deception. And listen, give me your attention. Lying and deceiving your spouse will never be the answer. It will never be the right answer. But this is what she does. This is how they do it in this family. Deception, lying, deceiving. Now look at Jacob's response to Rebekah's deceptive idea. In verse 11, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth-skinned man. (laughs) Perhaps, and watch what Jacob says, Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself, and not a blessing. Jacob doesn't want to be a deceiver. He doesn't want to deceive his father. Again, Jacob is often portrayed as this big deceiver. But Jacob objects to this idea, saying, I don't want to seem to be a deceiver to dad. And so, verse 13, but his mother said to him, well, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go, Get them for me. Jacob's mother pressured him into doing this. And here's poor Jacob stuck between obeying his mother and deceiving his father. That's a terrible position to put a child in, no matter how old they may be. And again, some of you may be able to relate to this, where your parents have put you in just a very awkward situation. I want to honor my parents. I want to obey my parents. But at the same time, they're asking me to do something that I'm really uncomfortable doing. How do I navigate this? How do I honor my parents at the same time, honor the Lord? And then it can be tricky. But she's pressuring him here. And so, verse 14, he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And watch what the mother does. His mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, Esau's clothes, which were with her in the house, you know, to put it in today's terms, she'd go into Esau's room and starts going through his closet and his drawers and pulls out an outfit and puts them on Jacob. Here, put this on, her younger son. And then, because remember, Esau's hairy and Jacob is smooth, she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hand, you know, tucked them up the sleeve. like Remember the scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz with a straw hanging out? And on the smooth part of his neck, and then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob, and sent him on into the room with Isaac. This is Rebecca's doing. This is Rebecca's doing. And Rebecca here, I mean, she has really thought through This deception and covering all the bases, everything from, you know, the the food, the clothing, even the hairiness of Esau. And Jacob is standing there, I'm sure, probably thinking, wow, mom, I didn't know you had such a dark side to you. I mean, have you like robbed liquor stores in the past or something? Or your disguise just comes so easily to you? So Jacob goes in. He went into his father, verse 18, and said, my father... And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, oh, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. Now, Jacob, verse 19, he lies. He says, I'm Esau, your son. He deceives his father. And this is Jacob's sin. In this passage, not stealing the blessing. He lies to his father. However, it was after being thrust into the situation by his mother against his will, he objected. And it's in response to the actions of his father and brother in trying to uh, circumvent God's plan. That's not an excuse. There's no excuse for lying and being deceptive, but. It is important to point that out. But Isaac said to his son, verse 20, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He said, well, because the Lord your God brought it to me. And so we see here in verse 20, Isaac is suspicious. He's suspicious of this. He's kind of asking these questions. If this were a movie, right, if we're watching this on a screen, we'd all be on the edge of our seats. You know, is Jacob going to pull this off? Or is he going to get busted by his dad? Our stomachs would be in knots as we're watching this. And so he says, how is it that you found it so quickly, my sons? Well, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Jacob lies a second time and using God's name in this lie makes it even worse. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really Esau or not. Oh, man, I'm sure Jacob is sweating now. (laughs) So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, look at verse 22. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of. Of Esau. Now, this is actually one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. It has been used for thousands of years to describe confusion or suspicion when a person is suspicious. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's. And he did not recognize him, verse 23, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. And so he blessed him. then he said, verse 24, Are you really my son, Esau? And Jacob said, I am.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to
2: tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What
1: a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: So I want you to note here that Isaac, remember he's blind, Isaac was very suspicious, right? It just sounds like Jacob, but he feels like Esau, and he's asking these questions. He's very suspicious, but he ignores his suspicions. And there's an important lesson for us in this. Don't ignore your own suspicions. If someone seems suspicious to you or something doesn't seem to quite add up to you or doesn't seem to make sense or something seems like it just isn't right, that should be like a big warning flag to you, especially when you're dealing with people. If you feel like a person is being deceptive or trying to manipulate you, they probably are. And that's why you have that Feeling It could be that the Holy Spirit is trying to protect you and warn you and giving you discernment about this person. And I would say we probably have all had that experience where we look back and we say, I knew that guy was lying to me. Yeah, you know, there just was something about that person. Man, I just knew that there was something not right. I knew there was something strange or I knew that was a bad idea. To even try that? And that was the Lord warning you. Isaac here, he's suspicious, but he just ignores the suspicion. He just keeps going forward with it. Verse 25. He said, bring it near to me, the meal, and I will eat of my son's game. And so now verse 25. He brings the meal to him so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine And he drank. Poor Jacob has to sit through this meal. You know, as his father's eating this meal, however long that took his father to eat the meal. He's an old guy, he's just eating slow, right? And man, the whole time, Jacob is sitting there just worried that he's going to get busted. And now comes the blessing. Verse 26, then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me. This is all part of the ceremony here, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And look at what Isaac says. And he smelled the smell of his clothing. (laughs) And he blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Ah, my son smells like dirt. And I love it. Now, when my sons smell like dirt, I say, Go take a shower change your clothes. But for Isaac... Smells like dirt. Therefore, now here comes the blessing. May God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, speaking this blessing to his son, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Now, this is the opposite of what God told them back in chapter 25. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. That's right out of the covenant that God made with Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. Isaac blesses his son, who he thinks is Esau. And his blessing is essentially, may God bless you. And prosper you abundantly in the future. And may you have a place of leadership and influence in the future. And may your brothers bow down to you. Again, he believes he's speaking to Esau. So he's talking about Jacob. But God said that Esau will bow down and serve Jacob. Verse 30. But watch what happens in verse 30. Now, it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac's father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. This was a close call, right? As Jacob is going out the back door, Esau's coming in the front door. Again, if we were watching this as a movie, you know, you'd see. Jacob sitting there with his father, and then the shot would go to Esau coming in from the field and getting closer and closer to the tent, and at some point you would be yelling at the screen, Get out of there, Jacob! Get out of there! you got to get out of the tent! And just as he goes out and walks Esau from the field, verse 31, He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may... Bless me, and his father Isaac said to him, "Who are you?" So he said, "I am your son, your firstborn, Esau." Been an interesting brings up the firstborn thing. Hey, it's me, the firstborn, the one with the birthright. Remember that I despise, but now that you're handing out blessings, let me remind you, I am the firstborn. Right? Verse thirty-three. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, "Who?" Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. It says Isaac trembled exceedingly when he realized what happened. And he did not tremble with anger. He trembled with fear. The fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And he trembled with fear because he realized that the Lord prevented him from blessing Esau instead of Jacob. And that's why he says at the end of verse 33, he indeed shall be blessed. He realizes here, hey, God's will will be done. No matter what I try to do to get around it, God's will will be done. Nothing can stop our Lord from fulfilling his plan. We can't prevent God from doing His will and blessing his children and carrying out his promises. May that be comforting to us as we see the world growing darker and darker and more uncertain. One thing is certain. Nothing will stop our God. Nothing will stop our God from carrying out his plan. And so Isaac is sitting there trembling because he knows the Lord has done this. I tried to ignore God's word and do my own thing because I love Esau more and didn't want Jacob to have the birthright and the blessing, I wanted Esau to have it, even though he's profane and godless. I tried to circumvent what God wanted me to do, and man, God just divinely, sovereignly intervened, and he's so he's shaking now because of the sovereignty of God in, in controlling this carrying out his will. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also. O my father. Now, if you're taking notes, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17, mentions Esau crying here. And it says he wanted the blessing, but was rejected because he found no place for repentance. And this is important. Esau's crying here, exceedingly great crying. That means ugly crying. And he is crying his heart out here, but he doesn't repent. He doesn't repent. To repent means to change your mind and then to change your behavior. Repentance is coming to the realization that you are on the wrong path and then changing direction and getting on the right path. Esau cries with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, but he didn't repent. He didn't repent. He's sorry. He's sorrowful that he didn't receive a blessing. But he's not sorry enough to change. Right? And sometimes people are very sorry. Very sorry about the way things are going. Very sorry about the wake that they're leaving and the damage that they're causing. And they're broken hearted about it. But they don't change. They don't change their behavior. Esau's like a lot of people. You know, a lot of people want the blessing without the responsibility. There are many people, many people, probably most people, they want God's blessing. They want God to bless their family. They want God to bless their marriage. They want God to bless their career, bless their job, whatever it may be. They want God's blessing, but they aren't really willing to make any changes in their life. They aren't willing to repent of their sins. They aren't willing to turn from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ and make him preeminent in their life. But they want the blessing. Bless me also. Don't forget I'm the firstborn. And that was Esau, a profane man who wants God's blessing. And listen to me, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't live a godless life and then expect God to bless your life. It just doesn't work that way. You can't just go live however you want and do whatever you want and then expect God to bless you the way that God wants to bless you. You cannot despise the responsibility and expect God's blessings at the same time. But that was Esau. It's a lot of people. Verse 35, but he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And notice what he says there. He has taken away your blessing. Jacob didn't take away the blessing. He has the birthright. The blessing belonged to him. He asked me how I know and I say it rings truer than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand, yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth.
2: I see signs and I recognize the hands that crack-